Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. We want to thank you today for joining us uh, in this Thanksgiving season that we are in. Uh, I'm thankful for so many things, and one of the many things that I'm thankful for is a God that I can trust in, that I can rest my faith upon His faithfulness today. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm so glad in this time of great shaking uh, that we can put our trust in that that is un shakable and immovable. Praise God. Friend of mine, I'm glad to bring you a message of hope this Thanksgiving season. If you're a Christian today, you have every reason to be filled with hope. In the New Testament, as in the Old, it would be the glad anticipation of future good. Amen. We don't even wait to see before it makes us glad. Praise God. And when you have that kind of atmosphere and aura about you, you better be ready uh, to to witness to someone because everyone else, uh, according to the Scripture, men's hearts will fail them for fear, a sign of the end, and 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 looking because looking at the things which are coming upon the earth. All of these things that we're hearing about, these things, wars and rumors of wars and, and cosmic possibilities of a, of a, uh, uh, coming out of nowhere seems like undetected until too late to, to even hardly have a warning, a, a comet or a meteor or any number of things that can occur. The ozone layer breaking down, the global warming, all these things we're hearing about today, famines all over the place, pestilence and diseases. If we don't have a sure foundation, we will be shaken by fear, just like the rest of the world. Men's hearts failing them for fear and looking at the things which are coming upon the earth. But if you have that aura and atmosphere of hope based on the truth of God and the truth of Scripture today, and you're resting upon Him, as the Old Testament said about a righteous man, his he will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. I like that great Christian hymn of old that says, I've anchored in Jesus. I'll fear no wind or wave. I've anchored in Jesus, for he hath power to save. I'm anchored in the rock of ages. So we're going to talk about the sure foundation today. And if we are on that foundation, if, and we get on and stay on this foundation, everything will be shaken that can be shaken, so that that which cannot be shaken 
might remain. I want to be on that foundation. How about you today? If you don't know Jesus, I want to tell you something today. Amen. I don't blame you for shaking. I can't imagine not being on this sure foundation that we're talking about, living without hope and without God in this fallen world. But if someone has hope, The people who don't have it, can't buy it, can't find it, can't get it from anywhere or anyone. Oh, today, you better be ready to be a witness because the Bible said be instant in season, out of season in the new covenant. And be ready to give an answer to all men for the reason of the hope that is in you. Where does this hope come from? Well, the Bible said in the new covenant, the God of hope fill you with hope in believing praise god the god of hope the things that were written aforetime were written for our learning that through the patience and comfort of scripture we might have hope in fact we should be prisoners of hope we should never ever find ourselves feeling helpless and in a hopeless situation because our god is our sure foundation second timothy 2:19 says nevertheless which means in spite of in spite of the circumstance, in spite of the perilous times marking the end time, in spite of the fact that we see the devil looking like he's taking more ground day after day after day, uh, getting more people into his prison house of darkness. Friend of mine, nevertheless, in spite of that, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knows them that are His. In spite of it, listen, our enemy is relentless in his attacks. I've been preaching almost 50 years of my life, and I have never ever had a space of time very long. There wasn't some kind of attack from the adversary, from the enemy. That's why the Bible teaches us to not think it unique or strange. The fiery trial that has come to try us as some strange thing has happened unto us. But listen, here's the foundation for our faith under fire. The foundation of God standeth sure. Think it not strange the fiery trial that's come to try us as some strange thing has happened unto us, but God is faithful. (laughs) Hallelujah. Who will not allow you to be tempted above that that you are able to bear, who will with the temptation make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. Praise God. Amen. The enemy will not not stop attacking us, and God will not never stop defending us. Praise God. Amen. Our enemy is relentless in his attacks. His desire is to destroy every person on this planet. I don't mean just kill us. He he wants to do that, and he would do it if he could do it. But he wants to cause us to not come to Christ and not trust Jesus that our sins be forgiven. 
He doesn't want to be alone with his with his demon hordes in hell. He wants to take every one that he can to hell with him. And God wants to take everyone on this planet to heaven to live with him. The thief came, the scripture said, speaking of Satan. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, but I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Praise God. What, what, what is the abundant life? It, well, the, he went on to say to balance this, that a man's life consists not in the abundance of things that he possesses. The abundant life means beyond these temporal possessions, beyond this temporal world. It's life eternal, <laughs> living forever and ever in heaven with God and and when heaven comes down, living with him forever, when there's a new heaven and a new earth. Praise God. It's eternal life. No more death. No more sickness. No more pain, heartache, heartbreaking sorrow. Forever. Age without end. That's the true abundant life. Praise. That's why I'm so thankful to be a Christian. Not just during the Thanksgiving season. When the people in the world are thanking God for everything that they have, every, uh, you know, if they, well, people in the world, not everybody in the world, there are some that thank God, that don't even know God or not even sure there is a God. And some people don't thank anybody for anything. And even God's people can get in that condition if, if we're not cautioned and careful. For the Bible said when he brought them into the promised land, he said, I'm, I'm bringing you into a land that flows with milk and honey. There's going to be ore in those hills. You're going to be rich. You're going to be prosperous. And I'm going to bless you in the land. And when thou art built thy houses and when you're eaten and art full, beware, beware. Lest you forget the Lord thy God in keeping his commandments, because you say in your heart, Mine hand hath gotten me these things. Amen. Listen, friend, every blessing, every blessing comes from God. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. In the world, and many of us as Christians, we're thanking him just like People who don't know Him or believe in Him or trust in Him. We thank God for our family. We thank God for our clothing and our food and our shelter and bringing us through when a million people die of COVID and here we are alive and well this Thanksgiving Day coming up. Oh, hallelujah. God has been good to us. He causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. He blesses. He's a God of blessing. And if we would acknowledge Him as our God and Christ as our Savior and be reconciled unto Him, not only do we have the physical and earthly blessings, we have the eternal blessing of sins forgiven and eternal life in the time to come, in the world to come. In spite of all of these end-time events, 
Our enemy is relentless, but in spite of his intention to kill, steal, and destroy. Amen. In spite of all of that, our trust is in the faithfulness of our God to protect us and to provide for us. We can trust in Him. We can rest our faith upon Him because His foundation, the foundation that He has established, standeth sure. Hallelujah. Amen. Martin Luther penned the words to a mighty fortress is our God in 1529. The devil still seeks to destroy. God still intends and purposes to save and secure. Christ said, but I've come. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad Jesus came to this planet that he condescended to leave his throne in heaven, joint seating with God, and come down the second person of the Godhead and to become helpless as a baby in a manger so he could grow up and go to the cross and hang helpless on that cross that he might pay our sin debt. That Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, would take on flesh and have a have a, a teenage girl care for him. Amen. Laying in a manger, condescending to come down and humble himself to that level that he might humble himself also and be obedient to the death of the cross to save you and me. This is a love that is unshakable, unheard of. A love that is past knowledge. You have to experience it because you sure can't wrap your head around it, as they say. Amen. It is incomprehensible, and yet it is something we can receive when we receive Jesus as our Savior today. Praise God. Let me, let me read this. The devil is relentless. He's not going to, he's not going to lighten up. He's never going to let up. And neither is God in behalf of his chosen, his children. The Lord knows them that are his. Make no mistake about it. Hallelujah. In fifteen twenty nine this song was written. It's just as relevant in the twenty first century. It says a mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe does seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. You see, dear friend, if we in and of ourself tried to overcome this fallen angel, this devil, this Satan, this Apollyon, this destroyer, we, we, we would be hopeless because we would be helpless against this fallen angel, this spiritual enemy and entity. That's why he penned verse 2. Did we in our own strength confide? Our striving would be losing. 
were not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. You ask who that may be, Christ Jesus, it is he. Lord Sabbath is his name. From age to age the same, on earth is not his equal. And then verse 3 celebrates the victory that we have in and through Jesus Christ. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God has willed His truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for Him. His rage we can endure, for lo, His doom is sure. One little word shall fail Him. One little word, based on The second verse of this song, Martin Luther had a name in mind, this little word that will defeat our adversary. It's a four, it's a five letter word, J-E-S-U-S. I like that song, don't you? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. (laughs) Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus, we have the victory. The devil is pulling out all the stops. It will get, it will get a thousand times worse during the tribulation. But we're in the beginning of sorrows. We're in the beginning of the end. The end is not yet, but we're in the beginning of the end. And that not only involves the day of the Lord, the day of Jacob's trouble, the tribulation, the great tribulation. It involves the coming of Christ for His church. Not the second coming, but the secret coming of Jesus. A lot more to be fulfilled in the nation of Israel and unsaved Jewish people. Ah, but friend, for the church, both Jew and Gentile, that have come to know Christ as Savior. Amen. There is a secret coming, the harpezo, the rapture of the church. Praise God. Listen to what, what the Bible says about our enemy in Revelation twelve twelve says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth he has but a short time. I've said it before, I'm going to say it again this morning. I believe the demons of hell and the devil himself is more aware of the soon coming of Christ and of the day of the Lord than even many, many Christians. I say that because a lot of Christians are not living their life in light of the soon coming of Jesus. And we should be living. Hallelujah. We should be traveling light. We used to sing, I'm getting ready to leave this world. I'm getting ready for the gates of pearl. <laughs> Keeping my records bright, watching both day and night. I'm getting ready to leave this world. When my pastor, when I first got saved so many years ago, when he preached on the soon coming of Jesus, and we would sing that song, he says, you know, you're not going to have time to get ready. He would read about the, the foolish virgins who had no oil in their lamp, and they were not ready 
when at midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. And, and so we would begin to sing that song, I'm getting ready to leave this world. And he would stop us and say, Let's don't sing it like that anymore, because if he should come, then the next 30 minutes, in the next 3 minutes, in the next 3 seconds, you won't have time to get ready. You need to get ready right this moment so that you can be ready. See, that's the message. The message is get ready so you can be ready, not wait to get ready. Be ye also ready, for in an hour you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Praise God. Friend of mine, I'm glad that I'm ready for his coming. Scripture said, unto him that looketh. This is someone ready and waiting and longing and looking for his return. Unto them that look, he shall appear the second time without sin unto salvation. You see, this secret coming is not to judge the world. It's not to stand on Mount Olivet and, and the mountain split so the Jewish people can run for their life from the wrath of the Antichrist. It is not to establish his, his everlasting kingdom when he comes in the second coming. Amen. When the whole world will mourn because of him. This is the secret coming. This is the rapture of the church. And this is going to precede the wrath of God that is poured out during the great tribulation. This is what precedes that. For what? We are not appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The old covenant says it well verification of that. I will not judge the righteous with the wicked. Praise God. Second Timothy 2.19 in the Amplified. I, I really like this, this translation right here today. Nevertheless, in spite of nevertheless, the firm foundation of God, which he hath laid, stands sure and unshaken, Despite attacks bearing this seal, the Lord knows them that are His. Friend, because when you come to Christ as your Savior, God claims us as His own. We have strong consolation in the times of threat and trouble. Nahum 1 and verse 7 says it clearly. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knoweth them that trust in him. You see, friend, today God's unchanging character, his infinite love and his unlimited power becomes our reason for unshaken faith. He cannot be moved. And when we who belong to him trust him, neither will we. Back in the Old Covenant, speaking of a man who is right with God, it says he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting 
in the Lord. In other words, his heart is established in trust and in faith in God. So no matter what kind of news he hears, what kind of bad news there is, he will not be shaken by it. (laughs) Hallelujah. For the anchor holds. I've anchored in Jesus today. How about you? A sign of the, the end times. Jesus said, men's hearts will fail them for fear and looking at the things which are coming upon the earth. Men's hearts will fail them for fear looking at the things which are coming upon the earth. This is not unfounded fear and phobias. This is looking at the reality. We're realizing here in the end times that we cannot count on the medical profession to handle everything or the military to protect us from everything or or the politicians to figure out everything. All men. The Bible said that one reason for all of those fears is there would be wars and rumors and there would be distress of nations with perplexity. That means they can't figure it out. It's the word puzzlement in the Greek. All of the people we depend on to figure it out, the scientists can't figure out what to do about every every disease and every plague and pestilence. They can't figure it out. They figured a lot out, but we're seeing they can't figure it all out. Thank God for good insurance that, that'll get you a good doctor. Thank God for Blue Cross Blue Shield. But thank Him even more for the shield of faith. And before you depend and lean on your good insurance and your great doctor, and thank God for them, I'm not putting it down. I'm saying you need something beyond and something greater, and you need God first because He is the sure foundation in spite of what may come and what surely will come. Living in a faulty body, in a fallen world, with a formidable foe, be sober and be vigilant, make no mistake about it, our adversary the devil walketh about as a roaring, literally a hungry, starving lion, seeking whom he may devour. But in spite of that, (laughs) the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them who are His. Hallelujah. The firm foundation. I used to listen to the radio when J. Vernon McGee would come on. And, of course, we differ on certain things, but I, I, I love the theme song. Because it began with how firm a foundation you saints of the Lord are laid in his excellent word. You see, heaven and earth will pass away. My word will abide forever. Praise God. Amen. We're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Glory be to God. No other foundation can any man lay than that that has been laid. See, it's the sure foundation. 
the firm foundation of God which he hath laid stands sure. Everything else will pass away. His word will abide. His truth will abide. His church will abide. Amen. Even though it looks like we're losing ground and the devil's gaining ground, nevertheless, in spite of that, the foundation of God standeth sure. Nahum chapter 1 and verse 7 says it well. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. See, friend, today God's unchanging character, his infinite love and his unlimited power becomes our reason for unshaken faith and trust. He cannot be moved. And when we who belong to him and trust in him, neither will we. Psalm 125, 1 and 2 says, They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed. For as the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about His people. See, He knows them that are His. You're not alone. You're, you're, God is not sitting aloof in His heaven, unaware of the, of the circumstances we are facing. He knows us, and His eyes are on the righteous, the scripture declares, his ears are open to our cry. So as the Lord is round about Jerusalem, the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from henceforth and forever. I like the paraphrase in closing today. Those who trust in the Lord are steady as Mount Zion, unmoved by any circumstance. Just as the mountains surround and protect Jerusalem, so the Lord, see our sure foundation, the Lord surrounds and protects His people. The enemy's weapons are great. His warriors who wield them <laughs> are fierce. Nevertheless, Isaiah fifty four seventeen says it well. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Every threat of the enemy, every single accusation and threat of the enemy. The devil keeps saying that he will destroy us, that we will never, ever, ever be able to get out of his prison of darkness. He's a liar, and he's the father of lies. I've told the story before. I'm going to tell it in closing. True story. A man came to a pastor that had quite a, uh, not only a sense of humor, he had quite a straightforward way of, of addressing things. He went to this pastor and he said, Pastor, I can't hardly sleep at night. I am troubled. I, I'm always filled with fear and trepidation and because the devil keeps telling me that I'm not saved and the devil keeps telling me that he's going to destroy me and my family and the devil keeps telling me that there's no hope for me in God and do you have a, a word from God for me? And he immediately answered, yes, I do. Quit 
listening to the devil. And the best way to quit listening to the devil when these thoughts come rushing into our mind is to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and wield the sword of the Spirit. The Bible is the sword in its sheath. But when it gets out of the pages of the Bible into our heart and out through our mouth, praise God, then we are wielding the sword of the Spirit. And we're countering every lie of the devil with God's eternal truth. Praise God. God is in control, dear friend. When things seem out of control, God is in charge, and because we are right with Him, we are no longer intimidated by the enemy. Praise God. Listen, the Bible said in Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present, literally an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Therefore will not we or we will not fear, though the mountains be removed and cast into the midst of the sea. God is our refuge. Though everything that seems so sure shakes, our foundation is not laid in those seemingly unshakable things, but in the true, unshakable, eternal kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Today in this great shaking, let's lay our foundation in the truth of God, in the person of God, in the kingdom of God, in our soon coming King, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And realize that our enemy is great, but God is greater. Greater is He that is in you and me than he that is in the world. There is victory in Jesus. There is safety and security in him today. And we can rest our souls, our life, our eternal destiny upon his promise to fulfill his purpose in us and through us simply because we've come to know Christ is our Savior. And now God has become our Heavenly Father. And make no mistake about it, friend, He knows them that belong to Him. And He takes responsibility to care for us and provide for us. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you don't have that wonderful privilege today. You don't have that hope today. But you can have it if you'll repent of your sin and receive Jesus as your Savior today. The Bible says everyone that doesn't know Jesus, that you are without God and therefore without hope in this world. God isn't your Father. In fact, His wrath abides upon you. <laughs> you not only don't have His help, you have the promise of His judgment, and yet He offers you a salvation, a forgiveness, and a pardon. For God so loved the world 
that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, friend, don't run from Him today. Don't go deeper into the darkness. Run to Him while there is time, while we have this opportunity, while we have our hearts still beating, our breath still breathing. Run to Jesus. Receive Him, repenting of your sin, confessing your sin and receiving Him as your Lord and Savior. Oh, God will abundantly pardon you. And you can be upon a sure foundation. And no matter how bad the shaking gets, even if the mountains are removed, thrown into the sea, yet we stand safe and secure. We will not fear because God is our refuge. God is our strength an ever-present, very present help in the time of trouble, in the day of trouble. And Christian, stand strong and stand firm for our God is a sure foundation for our trust and faith in Jesus' name.